Let's do Go to Hell Podcast. Let's do uh, Music of the Week. What are we listening to? Yeah. I wanted you to ask me this question. <laughs> I, I have one. I have one I'm interested in talking about as well. I hope that we have the same answer. Oh, we probably won't. Although. You're like, now I know what you're talking about. Well, I thought about it, but I, yeah. I, yeah, today's the day Toby Keith died. Yeah, Toby Keith died. Yeah, and uh, and listen, I'm also not super into, I, I texted my dad today because I, I, uh, I sent him a picture of, I listened to a lot of Toby Keith today. Um, I sent my dad a picture of, I love this bar. My dad has a funny story where as he was a youth pastor, he called into a radio station in Santa Rosa where I was living at. Um, well, I, we were living in Pengro, but Santa Rosa adjacent. He called into a radio station in Santa Rosa, and they said the they were they were fishing for an answer, and my dad answered, and yeah, it's I love this bar by Toby Keith, and they're like, that's the correct answer. Congrats, what's your name? And he's like, ah, it's Scott. He's like, cool, Scott. What do you do for a living? I'm a youth pastor, <laughs> uh, which just made it a lot of fun. Uh, and so I texted my dad. I love this. I, I texted him that song because I was listening to it at that point in the day. Uh, and he's like, that's right. Toby Keith died today. And I said, you know, and I, I'll say the same, same thing right now. I, I'm not really into, I know that Toby Keith gets, has a reputation and not necessarily a bad one for certain communities, but um, and I'm not saying that he has a bad one. I'm just saying that he he is a an American nationalist. Uh, he does do that kind of propaganda type music where you know. And in 2001, that was something that the country definitely needed. Um, I I don't discredit that at all. I hope that now most people can sit there and reflect on that music and be like, yeah, that was a lot of our response at the time because that was a really scary time and. And you don't mess with the USA, you know. Um, but also I've listened to a lot of Toby Keith and, and a lot of his music is not necessarily just about that. So if that's all that you think about or you think about the American propaganda stuff and and maybe, again, if you're listening to this and you're like, Colton's always a little left. Why would he be listening to Toby Keith or whatever? Um, again, I... That guy was a part of my childhood. Again, 2001, I was six years old when the towers fell. I loved, as a kid, whiskey for my men and beer for my horses. Uh, yeah. Which is literally just about don't fuck with us. Like, yeah. I was like, there's law that needs to be laid down um, and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, I've listened to Should Have Been a Cowboy probably like eight times today. Like, uh, I. It's just a part of my childhood, and it's just sad. And I remember, I do remember last, what was it, September, when he was on the CMAs. Um, I don't watch the CMAs, uh, but I do see occasional highlights, and I saw what he looked like at the CMAs, and I was like, holy hell, what the hell happened to Toby? And we learned about stomach cancer, and I had thought that because of that, he was coming back from it or whatever, but ultimately at the end of the day it didn't happen so i might be wrong about this i think i think he had fought it and they thought he'd won and then it came back um and i think it just came back recently 
And um, my understanding is he said, I said, I'm done. Um, and I, I've known a couple people who've had cancer like that. And at some point you just start wondering, like, is this even worth it? Because the, the treatment's killing me more than the cancer is. And so um, I think I from what I can gather, but he had he just didn't bother. He didn't look great. Somebody just said over the weekend that they'd seen him and said he's on death's door. Um, but I think if you saw him a couple of weeks ago, he looked fine. It was because he wasn't doing the chemo and stuff that really makes you, you know, on the inside he's beaten, being eaten alive by his own his own body's eating him up. But um, I think he just decided that's it. I'm done. I'm not going to beat this thing. And frankly, I'm not ready to go through another round of that. And and so I think he did a concert in Vegas like a month ago. Oh no! Way. And went out and did that. So I, I think if that's true, he did a concert. I know recently and i think it was in vegas i'm hoping somebody recorded that thing so we can see it at some point in the near future if it's not already on youtube or something but like an actual good recording of it so we can remember him fondly he's you know at the time i was with him calling out the dixie chicks now i think that was a profound mistake by country music and i just don't i just don't think we should be in a country like that if people want to stand up and say they don't support the war. You just say, I think you're wrong, but I'm going to stand here and let you say what, say it. Yeah. Um, and country music isn't one thing monolithically, like we say Christianity isn't something monolithically. Um, and I have no idea if he regretted it or not, but um, he was he's great for the country music. Country music doesn't exist without Toby Keith's uh, being top performers. You just... Yeah, you have to have guys like that who are unabashed, you know, beer, bourbon, bulldozers, uh, cowboy oh, yeah. hats, and you know all that stuff. It's all all hundred percent that kind of stuff. And what's funny is like you listen to his albums; they're not all that. By no, the way. no, like it's not. I was like his his presentation uh, or his what his his CMA uh, song last year was "Don't Let the Old Man In." Um, yeah. And he's a, he had a great voice. Yeah, I he's was a like really great voice. And yeah, and it, it, and I mean it sucks when he dies. Like, and just so we're clear, that is not the only time that I've appreciated Toby Keith. But but over today, especially where you just reflect and you're just like, man, dude, um, you really like what? Uh, what was? Uh, How do you like me now? That was always oh, a fun yeah. one. I was like, uh, uh, uh. I was like, American Ride actually kind of talks about some of the issues that go on in the United States. Um, uh, and yeah, I was like, Red Solo Cup was on VH1's top music video countdown. It's very, it's rare for country artists yeah. to hit uh, there. I was like, that's saved for Florida Georgia Line or whatever. Or it's like, <laughs> are you a pop artist or a country artist? You know, uh, but that stuff made it onto on there because it was just a lot of fun. Um, I mean, like I said, I'm still a I'm still a should have been a cowboy guy when it comes to Toby Keith when he's got his mullet uh, on the freaking album cover of that one. So, uh, uh, or. Uh, What's the one where he's, where he's too old? What is it? Uh, uh, 
I ain't as good as I once was. Oh, yeah. I was like, it's it's great. Uh, well, I had fond memories of him. He was always on the sideline of an Oklahoma game. Um, if he could, if it didn't interfere with his schedule, and I think he tried to make his concert schedule work around being <laughs> yeah. in an Oklahoma game because much like James Garner back in the day, who was also from Oklahoma and was always at an Oklahoma game, it seemed like Toby Keith was always there. He had a really big uh, honky tonk kind of bar in downtown Oklahoma City. Um, so, um. I did not listen to his stuff today, but I'm sure. But I will be listening to his music this week as well. I was I was bummed this morning when I woke up to the news that he had passed away. Um, texted my wife, and uh, she had not seen yet, so she was thank she was thanking me for letting her know. So um, yeah, and I and again, when it comes to Toby Keith, I have a special attachment to him. Like I said in in my childhood, where I just think about. I think about listening to him and I think that that's possibly one of the first artists like Fountains of Wayne's lead singer died over COVID, you know, um, and don't get me wrong. I'm a big Stacy's mom fan, but uh, <laughs> that's like their only song that I know. But this is probably the first artist that's died that where I remember listening to their music regularly where it's where it's something that's almost of like a shock or whatever. Like, you know, I wasn't really listening to Michael Jackson on a regular, but as a kid is probably what I'm getting at. Where it's like, you know, like when Alan Jackson dies, I'm going to be devastated. Right. (laughs) Uh, Cause I, that was like, we owned albums of Jackson, of uh, Alan Jackson. And we would listen to that all the time. Uh, But so very sad today about Toby Keith dying. Um, guy i liked him a lot as a musician um so yeah that's who i was listening to today i had other people prepared for today but i think that it was right to talk about him so i agree who have you been listening to i've been listening to a bunch of stuff but there's a band that i want to focus on tonight um I'm kind of passionate about. Um, I don't. They're probably. Led I, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't know anything about them. You're upset about Led Zeppelin being metal. No, <laughs> that's another. I'm not. I'm done playing that game. I, just, <laughs> play today's. Have you not played today? I have not. I was, uh, go, uh, go play today while I'm talking at some point. Uh, so the band I want to talk about is Extreme. It's a metal band from. Oh, mainly Led early Zeppel- 90s. <laughs> oh, early 90s. Uh, Metallica. <laughs> they were founded in 85. Uh, it's a bunch of, uh, well, the lead singer and the guitar player are uh, Portuguese guys, but they grew up in Boston. Actually, Aerosmith. It's it, The band's extreme. I, I've already said the name of the band. It's extreme. Oh, extreme. Oh, I thought you were just describing them. No. They're just extreme guys. Like. The band is extreme, <laughs> who probably 99% of you are listening to this, even if you're rock fans. The song you know is More Than Words, the, the ballad that was very popular, I think, 1990 or 91, or probably both years. It was a huge hit. Um, I remember working at a music store in 90 90 or 91 and the by far the album we had the used album we had the most was uh extremes pornography album that more than words was on because 
grandmas were all grandmas and moms were all coming in buying it because they just loved these these two these two guys who sounded like uh the everly brothers singing this ballad and buying this this album and then the whole rest of the thing is uh heavy metal now heavy 80s heavy metal not currently current metal so like hairband metal the two different things but back back in the day that's what we called heavy metal um so what you're saying is they they didn't have the the dual kick drum. It's not the drums. It's the it's the it's the Satan like chant. I can't do I can't do the vocals that the current thrash metal does. It just freaks me out. Anyway, and that's what seems today is metal is all that. Ugh. It I find it it makes me very anxious. Not all metal is like that, but yes, I got you. I listen. I don't listen to metal, but I do know that not all metal is like that. I was like, uh, it, it, but anything that I see, pretty much. I know what you're talking about. I got you. I got you with. The, I got you with the stereotype. That's right. fine. Um, okay, so the uh, it was founded by a uh, guitar player Nuno Nuno Betancourt, who's actually born in the Azores, which doesn't mean much to anybody. Other than this. he was probably although around his here, although around here it's kind of a big deal because his parents, her parents are related. Is yeah. basically what I just heard you uh, say. <laughs> well, around here we have a lot of Portuguese, and they're from the Azores as well. So it's interesting. Uh, this guy's from the Azores as well. Born there, but lived uh, in Boston. Uh, lead singer Gary Sharon, also uh, uh, Portuguese. Portuguese. But, um, so they were founded in '85, but they didn't cut an album till '89. And then, like I said, 1990, the the their big hit was "More Than Words." Uh, so why do I bring this band up? This band, so did they die? Nuno Betancourt has always been very quiet about what his faith is. He won't talk about it. He he just says I t- he talks about music. He won't talk about his faith in um, uh, interviews. Lead singer Gary Sharon has always been a very open Catholic, practicing Catholic. He's been open about being pro-life, and he writes most of the lyrics for the band. Sure. And from their first album, uh, which was titled Extreme in 1989, they have had... That's pretty narcissistic, ain't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's very common. What are we going to call them? Extreme. What do we call our first album? Extreme. What do we call the band? Extreme. It's just a way of reinforcing. Who are these guys? Um, um, you mean like Journey? So on, the, on their first album, they had a, a song called uh, Watching and Waiting, which is describing the crucifixion of Jesus. And Did we, they have a song on their album called Extreme? <laughs> Please say no. I, no. I don't <laughs> okay. think so. Um, Wait, what of, the, what of Jesus? The crucifixion. Oh, okay. Th- this band's very much like uh, I enjoy this band. Well, I like the music, um, but I also enjoy them because, much like you two, it's there's a lot of songs or, or even entire albums that are clearly from a Christian perspective. If one's a Christian, if you're not, I mean, I I've read stuff before about some of the songs that I'm going to talk about, and people talk about it like it's just some like self help stuff. So. Okay, so I enjoy this band. I like their music. I like that they're not, it's not like Christian music where it's just, they're talking about, I think, 
and not every song is a Christian song, but uh, they sprinkle it through uh, on the pornography pornography the album that I was talking about that has more than words. There's a song towards the whole album's kind of like how the world can corrupt people. Got you. Like there's a song about uh, money becoming, you know, your God and that kind of thing. Uh, Towards the end of the album, there's a song called Wholehearted. And it's basically just talking about how I'm trying to fit all these things into this hole that I have that's where I feel empty and none of it's working. I'm trying to put a square uh, peg into a round hole kind of thing. So their third album then comes out, Three Sides to Every Story. Very clever, third album, Three Sides to Every Story. Pretty much the entire album is infused with Christian themes. And this is the one I want to talk about. Um, the, there's, three, there's four songs at the end that, that end the album uh, that are just very, as Christian as you can get. And um, one is God Isn't Dead, and it's basically reflecting on the conflict one has in believing in a loving God with all the pain and suffering in the world. It's, it's only like two and a half minutes. It's a really uh, short song. And then the album ends with this three song medley. The medley it's, it is the encompassing medleys, everything under the sun. It's kind of like this rock operetta, which makes sense because the band was formed because they were all uh, queen fans. So, you know, they're kind of doing their own uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. But it is, it's three songs that when you total them up, there it, it goes for about 21 and a half minutes. So it's like six and a half minutes, six and a half minutes, and I think the last one's eight and eight and change. So it goes for a while. And it is, I, I, the music's great, and I frankly find the music uh, very moving. If you like hard rock or you know, really hard rock or heavy metal please look up this album and listen to it if you're looking for something different than what you're normally getting on your christian radio station or whatever there's three songs um, that make up this medley the first one is uh it's rise and shine and um sharon basically takes he he chops up stuff from uh the book of daniel like some of the prophecies and some of the stuff from Ecclesi- ecclesiastes to kind of talk about the vanity of man and how we think we can control the future and we don't even have control of today and how silly it is. Um, and then he ends with some words from the book of Daniel, which we now kind of think is um, alluding to Jesus coming, this rising sun that's going to change everything. Right. And then the second uh, song is called, Am I Ever Going to Change? And this is when it really gets personal and, and I think leans in as a Christian. And he's basically drawing from Romans, Book of Romans, uh, uh, 15 to 20, towards the end, where Paul is talking about not only him, all of us, including himself. Why do I keep doing these same things that I, that I know I'm not supposed to do, but I keep doing it, I keep doing it. And this, this song isn't really so much from Paul's perspective. It's more of someone who is, I think, living under what we'd call under the law they haven't quite found jesus yet they're just they're stuck in a rut whether that's stepping out on their wife or doing drugs or whatever that thing is that they just like i know i have to improve this and the more they and the harder they work and the harder they work and the harder they work they're finding themselves trapped under this yoke of the law and i'm never gonna i'm never gonna perfect myself to where i'm gonna feel satisfied right and then the third song kicks in. Um, it's called Who Cares? 
And it really... <laughs> so it basically wraps up... No one. Huh? I said no one. <laughs> <laughs> it wraps up by taking Jesus's parable of the lost sheep and the prodigal son and wraps up this three song um operetta or whatever this this uh medley and it talks about he's talking about if he's wondering if god's angry for those who don't who don't follow god at first and talking about how um and and when he's singing about this you can tell he's kind of He's following into that nihilistic trap that we fall into or we're listening to Satan saying, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're never going to be good enough, you're never going to be good enough, you're never going to be good enough. God doesn't care about you. You've walked away. He, you're, you're, he's not going to be there for you. You're saying that they're listening to the enemy? <laughs> they're listening to the enemy, yes. Got you. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to double check. And then it comes to a big crescendo. Where Christ, it's a Christian Indo. It's Christian like, Indo. It's like an innuendo. <laughs> a Christian innuendo. Yeah. It comes with a big crescendo, which is really great, where basically he comes to this realization that he's the prodigal son. He's the one of the night of the hundred. He's he's that one sheep that Jesus talks about, I'm gonna go find, and that he's redeemed. And so anyway, I love it. The music's great, particularly like I said, if you like late eighties, early nineties hairband music what we used to call heavy metal but hairband music you know guitar solos and all kinds of stuff uh the guitar player and the lead singer both do really good harmonies again very much like queen um the music's great they've got they have all kinds of other instruments that they, they've gone all out on these songs they've got like orchestras and stuff playing uh, behind them but anyway if you uh if that sounds good listen to it if it doesn't i don't give a damn because i really like it i find it moving um, super it, it, listener Andy I'm interested though to find out what you think about it at some point yeah so that's what I've been listening to <laughs> <laughs>